When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right. My next one is the Mahoning Valley Scrapers. I didn't what? even see that one. What? Yeah, what is a valley scraper? And their logo is a dog. So, like, I'm super lost. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. It's the affiliate for the Indians. It's whack. They need to change that ASAP. It's like we're the Lehigh water cows, and we have a <laughs> we have a stack of pancakes as our mascot. <laughs> What's a valley scraper? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3 0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 27. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. Que paso, people? So, uh, Nate, you, you want to... How do you want to do this? You want to dive right into the NCAA update? Because I know you're just dying to know how your, your little avatar has been doing. I am. Where am I on the lineup, first of all? All right, so I figured I'd give you a little love. You're leading off. Oh, wow. So you're getting, nice. you're getting the most ABs. Cool. Uh, originally, it started you off at short. Or no, I'm sorry. Originally, it started you off at third, because that's what you had asked. Yeah. But then I was like, no, I feel like he'd be a better fit for short. And since I played third in college, I was like, oh, we're going to do a little swap here, because I was at short. So then I just swapped us. So you're... Now, now you're holding down short. Okay. Um, but let me just run through the stats here for the people real quick. As I promised on Twitter uh, the other day. So through seven games, we're five and two. So not a bad nice. start. Not a bad start. Uh, leading the offense, Will Britton, who is also the guy that I've mentioned to you before. He's he's the one that's done a couple of. Uh, he's created a couple of our graphics for Instagram. Uh, so I got him out and left. He's leading leading the offense with a clip of 320. Um, nice. You are in second. That's uh, what I like to hear. At 310. Sean Scowling, 292. Jack Richards, 269. Cameron Brock, 240. Cole Childers, 227. Alex Driscoll, 200. Hayden Tapper, 192. Kyle Corwin. I know that guy. Sitting a buck 85. <whistles> Tearing Yikes. it up. Tearing it up. Whoa. Dalton Brown, 197. Or, no, I'm sorry, 179. But he's got two bombs. Me, I've got nothing to show. Uh, <laughs> and that'll do it offense, offensively, for average at least. Home runs. You're leading the squad with four. That's right. Papa. And you're leading That's the, right. And you're leading the squad with seven RBIs and you have an OPS right now of 
just about a thousand. Sugging, Man, sugging only, 724. Yeah. So you, you got only my life is a video game. <laughs> you got a solid line uh, <laughs> thus far through seven games. Let me buzz over here to the pitching stats real quick. Um, Creed Blankenship, who I believe I have is our number one. He's our ace. He's got an ERA of 1.21 with a record of 2 and 1. Nice. Uh, 22 and a third innings pitched. Um, Brandon Moody, I believe, is our number two. Uh, he's got a record of two and zero over sixteen innings pitch. Got an ERA of .56. Solid numbers there. Uh, Bill Pivots is one and one with an ERA of one five nine over eleven point one or eleven point one eleven and a third innings pitched. Um, Chris Madison, our closer, four innings pitched, three saves. Evan Kading, six and two-thirds innings pitched, ERA of zero. He's just dicing them up. Uh, Kevin Papsko, two-thirds of an innings pitched, um, and no hits or runs. So we're just, I mean. Carving. Pitching, pitching staff is carving. We're tearing it up offensively. Could uh, could pick it up a little bit, but pitching, I mean, they're doing what they what they set out to do. Uh, but anyway, there's our little first update of the dirtbags of Stay Filthy U, number three in the nation, <laughs> first in the conference, record of five and two. That's what you want. So, uh, any opening thoughts you want to share with people? Mm. While you think, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off this whole original Xbox because this this baby's been going on like 13, oh, yeah. 13, 14 years. I can't let her can't let her can't let her run unnecessarily when she doesn't have to. That guy will set your apartment on fire. It's a tank, but it's it's a reliable tank. Any uh, any opening thoughts it's, you got? Did you did you hear that? I know you're always an Xbox guy. Did you hear that they're like re-releasing the PlayStation One, and they're charging people like two hundred dollars for it? I did not hear that, but as an Xbox guy, I'm not surprised that PlayStation would be trying to just just. I don't even know if they changed anything. They're just re-releasing it. I think they they gave it they gave it an HDMI cord. That's it. Take my money. <laughs> Scam. Well, you want to dive into some baseball history? Yeah, let's hear it. You've got it, right? No, you've got it. No, I'm just kidding. I got it. <laughs> Three points of this day in baseball history. November 29th is when you'll be hearing this. Unless you're a slacker and listen to it late, then you've already missed it. Uh, but anyway, November 29th, 1964. Now, I will say, I know I ragged on baseball history, la- or rather, off-season baseball history last episode. But this one I was actually I was pretty intrigued by, uh, these these points that I was able to come up with. Uh, 19- All, right, so, yeah. All right, yeah, I should, probably shouldn't have hyped it now. Now it's just going to be a letdown. 1964. The Red Sox trade first baseman Dick Stewart to the Phillies for left-hander Dennis Bennett, who stuns the team when he casually tells a Boston audience when speaking at a winter banquet that his sore arm might not be ready for opening day. (laughs) Although the Phillies make an offer to nix the trade, get this, the Red Sox, happy to have gotten rid of Stewart because of his poor fielding and inability to get along with the respected and likable Boston manager Johnny Pesky. Make no effort to nullify the deal. 
So you, the Red Sox would have rather right. had a guy that wasn't going to be ready to pitch on opening day than a guy who just sucked at fielding and didn't get along with the manager. That's right. that's wild. Yeah. Funny. 1976, and this one kind of blew my mind. Uh, after listening to offers from the Expos and the Orioles, uh, Baltimore free agent Reggie Jackson heard of him agrees yeah i mean is okay uh agrees to a five-year three and a half million dollar deal to play for the yankees where he would obviously as many know go on to earn the nickname mr october and help lead the club to four division titles three pennants and two world series the thing that got me about this point i didn't even know reggie jackson played for the orioles i forgot about it honestly um I literally, I didn't even yeah. forget. I didn't even know. Like, I had no clue. He played it for them in 1976. He played with them for one season in between Oakland and New York. Yeah. Which I just had no idea. Um, 2007, not as exciting, but it was, as we all know, off-season history. Not, as, not that exciting, but this was one of the better ones that I could find. Because I always like including a relatively modern one as well. Uh, 2007, with fan favorites Jimmy Rollins and Cole Hamels modeling the team's new quote-unquote old look, the Phillies unveil their alternate home uniforms, which will be worn during all home day games the following season. The uniforms, which do not feature the familiar red pinstripes, are styled similar to the one the club wore in the 1940s, which I'm sure if you're thinking about it, you can imagine, you can picture the ones that I'm referring so it's to. Those green ones, right? So what? It's like the, it's like the off-white, like yeah, green one. They're I don't know how you feel about them. I think they're just hideous. I think they're they're just ugly. I've never been a fan of the off-white yeah, versions I mean, for anybody, honestly. I mean the design itself I'm fine with, but just the off-white color is just no. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it does not do it for me at all. Um speaking of NL East, as I just mentioned, the Phillies. We're going to dive into some team coverage, starting with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, They have obviously made headlines recently with their signings of Josh Donaldson and Brian McCann. Um, But as we do with all the team coverage episodes, which again are on Thursdays, uh, we're just going to give a a quick rundown of their 2018 campaign uh, before we jump into kind of uh, what we think would best benefit them in 2019. So just quick quick reminder for those who may have forgotten, the Braves finished 90 and 72 in 2018, obviously finished as division champs in the NL East, finished 8 games ahead of Washington. They just I don't I mean, simply put, they just ran away with the division, won it in convincing fashion. Uh but all that just to fall to the Dodgers in the NLDS. Um, in four games. Uh, but like we said on here a number of times, well ahead of schedule in, in many people's opinions, uh, they surpassed all expectations for this year. Um, and that was kind of that, that belief was uh, verified, if you will, with um, the uh, presentation of the NL Manager of the Year Award to Brian Snitker. Uh, just did an excellent job there in Atlanta. Um, like we said, just 
made it happen with kind of a, a team that was what what many think was a, a year, maybe two ahead of schedule. Um, but uh, obviously now with this, like I said, the signing of Donaldson and, and McCann, they're they're all in for 2019. So I don't know if if you kind of feel the same way, but to me with with those moves, it's pretty pretty clear that that they're. Uh, the rebuilding process is officially done. They're 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 putting all the chips in. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like this is just the, what you got to do when when you're ahead of schedule with um, a younger roster. Uh, I, I think it's one of those teams that, again, because they're ahead of schedule, uh, because they kind of shocked a lot of people. No one was really disappointed in how they ended their season, um, losing to the Dodgers, who would obviously going to the world series. I mean, it, um, it was, I applaud their season. Um, I applaud their guys, obviously having their rookie of the year there as well as manager of the year. So like two, um, you know, big points and, and pats on the back for the way they did it. But now I think you're right. Like you can't rely on that same roster. I think you got to add just a couple pieces and really, you know, manhandle this division. Um, and the pressure's on because the Phillies have come out saying they're going to spend some cash and they're going to add some some free agents. So you need to make sure that you, know, you kind of hang with and don't just rely on having the same year that you did last year. The Phillies are about to spend some stupid money. Yeah. So it's it's I wouldn't say try to match them. I think their biggest signing will probably be that that Josh Donaldson signing. Um, he's getting one year for you know twenty three mil. That's that's a lot of money. Um, in fact, I think that's the most ever for a one year deal, isn't it? I think that's what I heard. It's got to be up there. But that, I mean, like you said, that's a lot of money for a guy that played fifty two games last year. Yeah, yeah, and arguably on the downhill slope. I I don't. I think they overpaid, but I do like the signing. Um, I think he fits well. But uh, yeah, I think they overpaid a little. Well, Donaldson did a little did a little research on him. He was a Braves fan growing up as a kid. Uh, apparently, that's first major league game he went to when he was younger. Um, he's got a little little bit of a connection to the the southern part of the country. He was, he's a Florida native. Played at Auburn from 2005 to 2007. So obviously, having Jumped around the country a little bit. Oakland, Toronto, Cleveland. Um, he's finally coming back to the South. Uh, so we'll see how that, if if at all, if that has any um, kind of effect on his performance at all, being a little little closer to home. Yeah. Um, but kind of like we talked, or kind of like I just alluded to about not playing that many games last year, um, I think something a lot of people forget about this, or about him rather, is that from 2013 to 2016, he played no less than 155 games. So, yeah. I mean, he if he stays healthy, as we've seen, like we've we've watched him over the course of his career. I mean, he can he can put up some solid numbers over the course oh, of yeah. a healthy season. If he can stay healthy, he's almost a guaranteed 30 and 100 guy. In my mind, um, it's, it's just a big if if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and he's capable of you know close to gold glove defense um he uh i think he's a good signer here here's what i'll ask you do you think 
I, I don't know how I feel about it, but do you think it's a good idea for guys in their early 30s to bet on themselves and take a one-year deal? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say like I'm, I'm like inside his head and can kind of figure out what he's thinking. But my guess would be, if I had to guess on it, would be kind of like what we alluded to is like he understands that he's been plagued with injuries, and I'm sure he's he's at the point now where he can kind of look himself in the mirror and be like, all right, like I'm 32 years old. Um, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. Um, health wise, I'm, I guess you could consider, or I guess you could, uh, consider that I'm on, like you said, the downhill slide a little bit. So maybe he just looked at it as an opportunity to like, like I said, kind of get closer to home, maybe hopefully stay healthy and produce for a team that has a chance to take it deep in October this, this coming season and maybe build off of that contract wise. So I don't know, like. It's, it's, it's just weird decision. for me. It's weird for me. I think if it's me, like I would rather, I'd much rather take three years and mm, I don't know, thirty-ish, maybe thirty-five million. I would rather have that security at my age than a one-year deal at, at twenty-three mil. It's not like he hasn't gotten paid before. He's made his money before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just it's kind of for me. It would be sketchy. Because of how, I mean, what people are forgetting is that the big injury was his calf last year. Right. And when you start to see lower half of the body injuries, it really starts to, the stuff shows up. Look at Troy Tulowitzki. That guy's dealt with leg issues for like the last three or four years. And now no one expects him to go 162. Yeah. No one expects him to even go 140. The guy's going to play 80 to 90 games every year because it's just what he does. So I, don't, I would hate to see that for Josh Donaldson. So I mean, I, I don't know. The, the one-year deal is sketchy to me, but uh, well, I think part of I think something to maybe take into consideration is the fact that he knows he knows he's a veteran leader and can be for just about any team he plays for. And yeah. I think he really wants he he sees kind of the magic that's in the clubhouse in Atlanta right now. And I think he like I mean. I'd have to go back and see if he mentioned this in any of his like interviews or press conferences. He may have, but I, I, I didn't have a chance to go back and listen to him or read him. But if, if I had to guess, I would say that he, he really wants to be kind of, I don't want to say a leading force in this Braves revival, if you will. But I yeah. think, I think he, he wants to get in. I don't want to say get on on the ground floor. Cause they're obviously already on their way up, but I think he, he wants to get in there like at this time and like i said like take advantage of the fact that he's he's a veteran leader and and can be a part of a uh not just be a not just be a veteran for any old club but he he has yeah, a chance yeah. to be a leader for a, a team like i said that has a chance to really do something in the playoffs this year yeah and that um has a hole at third base that's open for him you know so that well that was the other thing i was going to ask you they have they had a uh what is it? Uh, Johan Camargo, I believe his name yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was looking like he had a chance to kind of solidify that spot down there at third, but it se- it sounds like that he's just going to transition into sort of like a super utility role is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Cause 
supposedly he's he's very versatile, can can bounce around if asked, if needed, um, which obviously helps your depth and helps you. Yeah, every team needs one of those guys. Yeah, every team helps you off the bench as well, uh, which as we've seen with the teams in the playoffs past few years, I mean, really throughout baseball history, like depth really comes into focus uh, once October hits. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think especially as of late, we've seen it. Um, but I don't know. I'm interested to see how they, what they, what they do with him, whether they keep him around as, as, as a addition to their depth or if they maybe consider shopping him around a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what his contract situation is or whatever, but, I'm interested to see what they do with him. Yeah. Um, but other other notable figures, obviously, that we we should probably cover. Brian McCann, as I mentioned, making his return to Atlanta. Um, he was with the club from 2005 to 2013, um, and then bounced around to uh, New York to play the Yankees, and then uh, was with the Astros. He was with them when they won the series, right? Correct. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, coming back to Atlanta, um, I don't know. Like, he's he's another one of those guys that's definitely getting up there in age. Um, I, yeah. I think, if anything, regardless um, the regardless of the production you get out of him, um, obviously, I'm a big, like, veteran slash leadership guy when it comes to situations like this. So, I'm definitely a fan of the move. Yeah. Um, but if anything, it's one of those things, like, I feel like teams every now and then just need a feel good story yeah, and, and kind of like maybe a homecoming of some sorts. And I feel like this perfectly fits that description. hundred um, percent. So, I mean, I, I think it was a good move just for that, if nothing else. Yeah. And in my mind, I think you can, I know it's, I, I, what is he? 36. Yeah. He's something like he's that. There, yeah. Um, you can arguably take last year off of his body he didn't catch that much once uh you know especially in the last few months of the season once maldonado came over the astros so you can take a good chunk of time you know off off of his wearing down stage um and i think uh, in my mind it's like he's from there right and he lives there in the off season uh, if if i'm 36 and and I'm trying to squeeze the last ounces out of out of my talent and the last few drops out of my tank. I'm going to do it where I live. I'm going to do it at home. I'm going to do it with people coming to my games that I know, friends and family. And I'm going to do You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's almost like a little spark for him. I expect him to have a good year, actually. And I think him being a lefty, uh, he's going to fill in nicely. He's probably going to hit like sixth or seventh in that lineup. Um and it's going to balance out that lineup really nicely. And not to mention, you said it already, veteran presence at the catcher position is is really important. They have a young staff, and he's coming from the you know arguably the best staff in baseball. So I think there's a lot of things that he's going to know and be able to teach and help this uh, young starting staff with. Yeah, I think kind of like we're alluding to already, I think this is like the perfect scenario for him. Um, cause I could, I could very well see him just closing out his career there in Atlanta. Um, just because, just because of his age. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, definitely, a, definitely a, an awesome story to see kind of unfold the last, last week or so. Um, another guy worth noting, um, obviously 
one of their top top offensive guys, Freddie Freeman, who will be a free agent after 2021. So got a little bit of time there still. Uh, but in 2018, led the team in average RBIs and on-base percentage. Um, another guy that um, many people know, uh, Acuna, led the team in home runs and slugging percentage. Uh, but my question for you, Nate, is do you think that the team will, because you said you think that Donaldson could be the biggest signing. Yeah. Um, do you think that maybe they need to reevaluate that and maybe get another another bat? Because if if the most home runs you have on your team from last year is 26 yeah. from, from an individual, like – is that concerning to you at all, or do you think, with, do you think that they'll, um, they'll just blossom? Obviously, Donaldson will help that that number, but I I have one name in mind that I think is a good fit. Um, if in fact they don't re-sign Nick Markakis, um, it's Carlos Gonzalez. Really, I think yeah, I think some lefty pop um, that could again help balance out that lineup um the dude knows how to hit and i don't think he'd be that expensive so when you say star wise and money wise i think donaldson's the top i don't think they're going to go above that money wise i think you can get cargo for a two or three year deal for 20 million bucks um pretty swing in baseball yeah beautiful swing he's won gold gloves in the outfield before um I think that would be a good fit. But the uh the I think the only big signing that uh they're going to probably try for, I don't know if they'll get him. Um the only other big one that may top Donaldson would be Craig Kimbrell. Pulling him back home. Yeah, I think I have seen rumors about that. Yeah, I think that would be the only one. I don't know if they would get him. Um I don't see any reason why Craig Kimball would want to sign anywhere else except Boston, you know, after winning a ring and, you know, having a good year. I I don't see him wanting to leave, but who knows? Well, I'll be honest with you. I I don't know. Obviously, I would love for him to stay because anytime a team wins a championship like that, I'm always – like sentimental in the in the regard of like sure yeah. I, w- I want that crew to stay together even though it's completely like idealistic and it, it never it never ends up panning out that way because it's a business and people have to make decisions that yeah fans don't like or whatever but in a situation like that i would just love to see as much of this 2018 red sox team stay together as long as they can but like i said i know that that gets expensive after a while if guys keep winning they're demanding more money um yeah. but in terms here's of- the only here's the only scenario I see is that I don't see Boston offering them a lot of years, and that well that's what I was just about to get to is I don't see them being as aggressive with Kimbrel that's and that's why I think uh, the Braves picking him back up or, or rather bringing him back um, is very likely because I think the Red Sox are going all in they're putting all their eggs in the baskets of Eovaldi, uh, um, yeah. Joe Kelly and yeah and Joe Kelly. And I think those are going to be the guys that go after because either of those guys can can transform into a into a closer role. Yeah, um, specifically Joe Kelly. That guy is filthy. Yeah, and Ivaldi proved that he can be a late innings guy, even though he's 
known as a starter. He proved that he can come out of the pen uh, yeah. and just shove one Oh two. Um, so yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that very, very much being the case where Boston is only offering him one or two years tops and Atlanta will say, well, here's three for cheaper. And I think that's his home too, isn't it? Yeah, so, somewhere, somewhere down south, I think. I wouldn't be surprised, man. We'll see. Um, if if they don't get him, um, I think they still need to sure up that closer role. So I think they either go for an Adam Ottavino or a Cody Allen. Um, That'd be good for The two guys that could step in. So I, I think they still need to sure up that role. Um, so... That that is what I have in my notes as far as those three guys, but I, like I said, it's all speculation, like always. Yeah, well, I mean, we do all the speculation about guys they could possibly bring in or guys they could sign, but at the end of the day, fact of the matter is they have one of the best farm systems in baseball. Um, yeah, specifically, um, in terms of ranking, they're across as I mentioned before over the over the stretch of a number of baseball outlets, they're ranked second. Um, their, their farm system is ranked second. Um, so definitely have some, some talent to pull from. So I don't think there's a lot of, a lot of people pressing the panic button down there in Atlanta, um, at the very yeah. moment. Cause I mean, they've got, and that's, they've got that's enough why to I do think, it. That's why I think their, their free agent signings are going to be those guys towards the end of their career that they can get a little bit cheaper, like right. with a Cargos, or Carlos Gonzalez, like with uh, two guys I have down are Wade Miley and Jay Happ, All right. two, uh, two lefties um, to go into the bullpen to follow up with uh, uh, Newcomb. Um, so I think that that's, that's kind of the way, in my mind, I would partner up with the fact that I have such a good farm system and so many young guys that are going to eventually bloom don't get the the don't spend a ton of money on guys that are gonna, you know, be in the way that roadblock your young talent. Get older guys that can just give you one great year, and it's probably the their last great year. You know, both Wade Miley and Jay Happer coming off two really good seasons. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. Um, but don't want to get talking on the Braves too much longer, so we'll kind of move on to the next team we got. Um, but we did talk about Josh Donaldson, obviously, with him signing with Atlanta. And although it seems like it was forever ago, I'm sure a lot of people might forget, he was, in fact, a member of the Oakland A's. And they are a team that uh, has been in the news a lot as of late, um, hi- highlighted by Bob Melvin's Manager of the, Manager of the Year Award. Um, and most recently, as of today, the release of their new stadium plan. So I don't know if you had a chance to to look at those, um, look at the the pictures, but uh, pretty interesting concept, if you ask me. Sleek, very sleek, very sleek. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan of it because it. I mean, apparently they're trying to somehow like tie in the history of Oakland and I don't know the history of Oakland really at all. <laughs> so I don't really know if there's like intricate features of the stadium that kind of represent that. Um, but just in terms of like 
first glance gut reaction. I'm definitely a fan of it because it's it does have that unique look to it. It's not just like your run of the mill 21st century stadium. Like it it has yeah. it obviously has a very kind of different look to it. Um, but they're hoping and kind of doing some research um, on the stadium. They're hoping for a 2023 opening. Okay. Um, so got a little while till we get to that point, obviously. Um, but management is, uh, they're in the process of trying to deliver on the promise of it being a hundred percent privately built ballpark, which I think is cool. Um, taking the, taking the stress off the taxpayers, I suppose. Um, but something little tidbit that I thought was interesting that I found was that their seating capacity is set to be. Uh, 34,000, which would be the second lowest in Major League Baseball behind Tropicana. Genius. Genius. Which, the more, like, initial reaction, I was like, I don't know why you'd make it so small. But then the more I think about it, I'm like, it just kind of, like, hit me. I'm like, why wouldn't, like, all baseball teams make their stadium small? Like, it just makes yeah. sense. What's like, the What's the capacity on Fenway? Fenway, I believe, is... 36, 36 37 yeah uh, and they're always seven. selling out because of how small it is yeah well i mean they also have a little little bit of a unique situation just because of their like history and tradition and stuff but right 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 but, but yeah, i think but it's definitely. smart because no one's going to A's games until it's the postseason anyway right and so, it I makes mean, sense even but like the thing is like if you go back and ch- go back and look at the highlights from their games throughout like the summer or whatever, like they, they bring in a pretty good crowd or rather they've brought in pretty good crowds. Um, but I think it like visually, like if, if you're a photographer taking pictures or whatever, it just looks better if you've got, I mean, this is common sense, but it just looks better if you've got like full state, like full seating behind you. And it's not just like yeah. yellow seats all over the place, but, yeah. um, I, I really think it'll it'll because their capacity is is uh, so small. I think it'll really enhance the the visual aspect of it. Like if you walk in, you're like, man, we got a decent crowd tonight instead of it being so spotty. So I mean, I'm I'm definitely a fan of it. Um, and I think kind of with I don't want to say revival because I mean they they've been like decent over the course of the past decade or two. No, but you're right. You're right with that word because they need to get out of the small market. Yeah. Well, no, I think, I I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying revival in the, in the sense of uh, performance, like on the field. But Uh, I I think this is, I think overall, this is just a a great time to get, get these talks going about a new stadium. Cause I mean, like I said, you've got the American league manager of the year. Um, Yeah. There's a buzz for sure. I mean, you got, what were they? They had uh, like ninety-seven wins. Yeah, not they went ninety-seven and sixty-five. So I mean, like yeah, like you said, there's a buzz. So I mean, this is this is a good time to kind of. I mean, granted, like I said, it won't be till twenty twenty-three, but I mean, this is going to be a, a long process, and I think things are going to start falling into place for this organization. Um, but a couple things, and I, I know I said that I liked the appearance of it, but a couple things that kind of bothered me, like. The stadium design in the outfield did you did you by chance get a get a look at that like kind of beyond the fence it it almost um, looks like it's a you're talking about the hitters picture. yeah oh like the top 
yeah, it looks like a freaking roller coaster going from like left field to right field. I don't understand like what that's supposed to be. Let me pull it up. Yeah, pull it up. You know what? I'm gonna pull it up myself just so I can. I can reference uh, this. As we yeah, can. I got what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying with it. It with just, the trees up top and it kind of slopes down. It just looks strange. Like if you look at the view from behind home plate, it just, I don't know. It looks strange. And then if you look out at that thing, are you looking at the view from behind home plate? Yeah. So <laughs> what is that thing out in right center? It literally looks like one of those uh, Star Wars all-terrain walker transport things <laughs> used, used by the Imperial ground forces. Like what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on with a lot of the stuff around the stadium. Also, in one of the pictures, I don't know if you're looking at it on the Dirt to Diamonds Instagram, but if you go to the last picture I posted, yeah, they literally have the World Series 2023 sign hanging outside the stadium. <laughs> like, that's a bold move as the design yeah. team. I like it. How are you going to do And not to mention, they have like the entire Air Force flying over yeah. the stadium. You know what I will say is that baseballs are absolutely they're gonna fly out of that stadium with that airflow that's gonna be moving through those balls are gonna fly oh yeah yeah because they're right there on the on the waterfront yeah you're gonna have waterfront and then you just you have a low uh i guess fence line if you're considering like the stadium fence line in center field it's just gonna flow out of there and i'm sure those glass windows are gonna open up too Speaking of center field, where is the center field fence? It literally looks like it's a chain link fence house. <laughs> I don't, I don't see any fence. Yeah, I don't know either. There needs to be a hitter's eye because I think that's a rule. Okay, but... and that's the thing. If you, I mean, I don't know how trustworthy these comments are in the comment section, but apparently, some people are saying that there's going to be like a retractable hitter's eye, and I'm like, why would it be ret- like? When would you ever take it down? Like. Yeah, what's the point of it being? I don't understand that. Retractable. But anyway, it fun. looks cool. It, the trees up top kind of freak me out a little. Yeah, but I mean, it's I don't know. But uh, moving on to just a little quick recap of the 2018 season for Oakland. Like I said, 97 and 65. They finished six games back in the division behind Houston. Um, on that 97 win total, that was the most of any A's team since 2002. Uh, so definitely, like you said, there's definitely a buzz buzz in Oakland. Um, and they did that on the lowest opening day payroll of any team in the league at $68.6 million, which is just mind-blowing. <laughs> um, a little little stat I found in my research, the A's overcame a 34 and 36 start to go a big league best 63 and 29 from June 16th on. Wow. Which that's if you're trying to make it to October, that's Way what you got to do. Yeah. Um and not to mention they did that despite losing pretty much their entire rotation, which is an impressive feat in and of itself. Um but Obviously, with that finish, they're able to slide into the wild card game, ultimately losing to that team up there in the Bronx uh, that I refuse to mention by a score of seven to two. Um, it was their first playoff berth in four years. Um, another feat they had to overcome: uh, an eleven-game deficit 
in the wild card race. They're behind Seattle on June 15th by 11 games. So that that second half for them really, really... Yeah. uh hope that Seattle imploded. That's that's very true. But, I I mean, it got to the point where Oakland was just winning and winning and winning. I don't think it would have mattered what Seattle yeah. had really done. Um, and then, obviously, I feel like I have to mention it as much as I don't want to. One of the highlights of their season, April 21st, threw a no-hitter against Boston. Not that exciting. No-hitters happen <laughs> multiple times in a year. It's whatever. Um, offensively? They're led by Chris Davis and Matt Chapman. Um, Davis, I promise I'll let you talk. I'm just, I'm just uh, letting, given, given the recap here. Uh, yeah. Chris Davis led the team and the league with 48 home runs. Also had a 123 RBIs, and not to mention he hit 247 for the fourth straight year. Which I don't know how you do that, but he did it. Strange. Um, Matt Chapman led the team in average, which. It was very surprising to me, a two seventy eight, and wow. had an on base percentage of three fifty six. Uh, speaking of Chapman, him and Olson both won AL Gold Gloves, and we all remember that awkward interview. I know you and I talked about it. They did on ESPN oh, or whatever channel it was. I'm assuming ESPN because their baseball coverage is just terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up their 2018. Um. Obviously, a lot to be, I'd be proud of. A lot to look forward to in 2019. Uh, we're keeping a lot of the same pieces around. Um, they're in the, they're, they're ne- they've never really been known to be like a big off season acquisition type team. Yeah. So I don't know how that affects them moving forward, but and I don't know if you've heard about any news possibly of guys that they're interested in, but I haven't heard much. I think it, it's time to do something um it's definitely time to do something i think they're gonna balance it out i i don't know what their expectations along with anyone else's expectations are of winning that division over the astros um but they can absolutely repeat on getting one of the two wildcard spots again i see that being very realistic yeah um and I, I think it's time to open up the checkbook, Billy. Like we gotta, we gotta spend a little dough. Nothing crazy. I think you can get um, a couple guys. Like you mentioned before, your rotation is shot. Um, I don't know what's going on with their coaching, but when you have four guys having Tommy John surgery in the last year, something's going on. You need to, you need to figure that out. That's a giant issue. Um, it's absurd, but. I think um, they they add a couple guys to the rotation. Um, if it's me, I'm bringing back Jed Lowry and Matt Joyce. Yep, a um, little bit on the older end, but they're I I wouldn't want him to play anywhere else. I mean, Jed, Jed, Lowry, Jed Lowry had a great year. He had arguably the best year of his career. He had yeah career best twenty three home runs and ninety nine runs batted in. Yeah, fantastic year. Um, I would bring him back for sure. Um, which by the way, did you know he was their, their three hole hitter? Yeah. I like, I was pulling up notes and I was like, I would have never guessed that Jed Lowry of all people would be hitting third, but yeah, man, he's, uh, he, he fits there. It just makes sense. Um, 
as far as uh, one other guy that's cheaper, could be cheaper, Jonathan Lucroy had a good year for them. Um, I would say you let him ride out his, his off season for a little while. You let him sit and fester and let him listen to a bunch of low ball offers. And then you go get him on a hometown discount uh, late in the off season. Um, I think he could be a cheap one, but the one thing, the one guy I would, I would make a push for, and uh, I would have to open the checkbook up a little bit for is Dallas Keuchel. I think he fits. I don't think the Astros are interested at all in bringing him back. Um, and for me, if I'm Dallas, that would piss me off. So I would want to stay in the division and face them 19 times. Um, so three, two or three times as a starter. Um, I think he, he fits there. It makes sense. Um, their rotation needs some help for sure. Just cause like we talked about with the Tommy John surgeries, um, and then you go add maybe a, a cheaper piece. So I, what a name that jumped out to me would be, you know, like a Jeremy Hellickson, somebody that you know has been around a little bit, gets it. You can you can get ten wins out of him on the year. Um, I know they're really high on their their. Uh, he's one of the top prospects in baseball. Is uh, Jesus Lazardo. Um, he uh, in Double A last year. He went seven and three with a two two nine ERA in sixteen starts. So uh, he is uh, looking to be a young stud, possibly their opening day starter in twenty twenty three in their new stadium. So um, I think there's definitely some options. It's very similar to what the Braves did. I, your core is young, and you're not spending too much money on them yet. Go get guys that are at the end of their careers on short deals and fill in the uh, the cracks. Let me ask you this. If they were to, as you said, open up the checkbook, as I also think they should, because if there's a time to capitalize, it's now. Yeah. Um, like I said, with, with talks of a new stadium, just this kind of seemingly new energy surrounding the team, surrounding the, the fan base, just the city as, as a whole, really. Um, not which not not to mention uh, a couple teams bouncing out of Oakland because the Raiders are leaving for Vegas, right? And then yeah, uh, Golden State is headed to San Francisco, correct? So yeah, uh, yeah, they're gonna play outside of there. The Raiders are weird because the Raiders stadium in Vegas isn't ready until 2020. Okay, but Oakland, but Oakland ended their lease, so. <laughs> they're like homeless for next year. Interesting. They're, yeah, there's words of them playing in like Texas or something. Strange. Well, nonetheless, Oakland is slowly, or the A's rather, is slowly headed to a point where they're going to be kind of like the team, I guess you yeah. could say. Um, but getting back to my question, if you think they were to do that, open up their checkbook, do you think it would be too far uh, too far fetched to say that they stand an outside chance of maybe taking the division from Houston, especially with kind of like a I don't want to say an aging rotation, but I mean the guy that's leading the leading the force there, Justin Verlander. I mean he's not getting any yeah. younger, right? Um, and obviously we saw a few signs of weakness from him in the postseason this past year. Not to say that that's anything to be overly worried about, but I mean it shows that guys can beat him in the postseason. So with that said, yeah. do you think that maybe the the Houston wave kind of falters a little bit in years to come and 
Oakland stands a chance at maybe taking it? Possibly. Barring any big deal from Houston. I could see Houston doing something um, very interesting this offseason to help out their offensive needs. And when I say needs, they're not that big. But um, I'm, I'm hearing like reports about possibly Goldschmidt because uh, he's from Texas. He's from Houston. So like that could be a, a potential fit. Um, well, no, man. Like we talked yeah. about last episode, the Goldschmidt. It's just Gold, speculation. Go, no, well, no. Goldschmidt's going to the Phillies with Harper, Trout, Ruth, and Man- yeah. Ruth and Mantle. So yeah, we don't yeah. have to worry about, about him. About that no, I mean, I. Uh, I'm going to say no because of their rotation. The rotation is really going to hold them back. Um, the, I think they bullpened it for the last half of last season, and I think that's uh, it was not sustainable over a year. Um, and they re- they wrote out some some uh, you know a hot streak really, but their rotation desperately needs to be addressed for them to even have a chance uh, at taking down the Astros. Well, as we wrap up uh, the coverage of the A's, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction. Didn't didn't happen this year as much as I, I believed <laughs> it would, but the Oakland A's I I think will win the division in 2019. They came so wow. close this year. I really I held out hope, and you know I did. I mentioned it on every episode leading leading up to the end of October. You did. Couldn't pull it out, but 2019 is gonna be their year. I have Ballsy. I have a feeling that's that's gonna be my my bold take for 2019. Yeah. Um, but that about does it for our team coverage. Let's move on to your and I's favorite segment, best and worst, which I will credit you for that idea. You were the one, you were the one that initiated that segment for our Thursday episodes. Um, so the one this week that Nate and I came up with is best and worst minor league team names. Um, so Nate, I don't know how you did it. I know we obviously talked a little bit about it before, uh, or in the days prior to this. Um, but in terms of, I don't want to say rules, but in terms of like guidelines, I don't know kind of how you did it, whether or not you stayed in AAA or bounced around. Uh, but I, I kind of hopped around a little bit, a bunch of my. I bounced answers. around, okay. yeah. Um. Well, with that being said, I'll let you take the lead. We'll start with. Uh, we'll save worst for last. Let's start with best. Start with best. Okay. Uh, this is in no specific order. Okay. I just these are these are super strange. So for me, I chose best because they're so weird, and I'm cool with it. Um, my first one I have down are the uh, <laughs> the Amarillo Sod Poodles, which yeah. is uh, a was, Padres affiliate. That was a recent rebranding, right? This year. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what a Sod Poodle is. But uh, it's not cool, a dog. I can, it's not a dog. I can tell you that. Yeah, let's let's just ride with it. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, Padres, man. And what? I don't know what you're doing. Did you say they're AAA? Uh, I didn't look up the level. Unfortunately, I didn't do that for any of these. But all right. Well, you know what? We've got Google at our disposal. Let's, because uh, I'm sure people are curious. The sod poodles. <laughs> First headline I come across: root. Root root for the Amarillo Sod Poodles. <laughs> That's not it. Double A affiliate of the Padres. Double A. Double A affiliates. 
like it. Well, speaking of double-A affiliates of a National League West team, my first pick is going to be the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Awesome. Got to yeah, show a little. Got to show a little love to the the old home yeah. state. Yeah. Uh, shout out Virginia. Um, just an awesome name. I mean, the the so the problem is is when I was trying to pick best and worst names, like it was so. I, I mentioned you. It's just so hard for me because it's like, <laughs> like every name is. Well, I won't say every name, but just about every minor league team across all levels is like unique in a, in a way like they, these organizations put so much time and like planning into coming up with a name that's like representative of the the area, the organization, so on and so forth, because that's, that's how you're going to attract fans. Cause like you need to appeal to like the city or the town or whatever, because that's how you're going to bring people in and obviously get your revenue and so on and so forth. But I mean, the flying squirrels, no real connection, I guess, to the Richmond area. I've, I've, I've been there a number of times, but uh, I'm still sticking with it as one of my my best minor league team names. What's your uh, What's your second one? Uh, we got the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Oh, I was gonna pick that one, but I had a feeling yeah. about it. Mets affiliate, and I believe Tim Tebow will probably be starting out at trying to fill in a roster spot somewhere for the rumble ponies that's next what we're year. hearing yep yeah um the ch- ch- rumble pony would it oh yeah cool. so speaking of which i what like i said i was gonna pick that um and so like i did a little research on it but apparently the reason they they're called the rumble ponies and if you look at their logo um it's actually a uh what's what's the name of that thing the carousel um, yeah. like, you know, like the horses or whatever, like the horse carousel, yeah. finding like cities. So apparently, um, of like all the antique carousels in the country, Binghamton, like I think they said they had like six of them. There's like a relatively low number of them, and apparently they have like percentage wise, they have like a decent number of them, which I thought was interesting because I was just like, what is the Rumble Ponies? But apparently, it's like has something to do with like their history with carousels which again unique like significant for that area which i think is cool i'm a a fan of um it's weird second one for me and this is i kind of told you that when i when i picked these i was gonna go with kind of a a unique one a classic one and then just a plain weird one Um, yeah but they're still all in my opinion they're my favorites Uh, i think they're the best Uh, my classic pick is the nashville sounds there's a, like like I said, making it specific to your city, your hometown, your area, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they they had options, I'm sure, to kind of tie it into music somehow. But there's just something something classy about the Nashville sounds. I I know a lot of people are going to disagree, like, oh, it's boring, it's too simple, it's too obvious. But I'm all for it. Although I will say, I was hesitant to put them on this list. I, I almost booted them off because they did a recent rebrand um, and just went like, they tied it back to like their team's former history, like with the uniforms and everything. And, and so they got rid of like the guitar picks uh, for the most part, which I wasn't a fan of because I really like seeing the guitar picks, but I don't know. I kept them on there because this is team names and not, we're not basing off uniforms, but Nashville sounds is my number two pick. Fair enough. Um, next one and last 
one for me, just plain weird. Uh, all of these are very soft. All I've just realized all my best ones are very soft sounding. Like when you jog out to the field and the announcer announces, here's your team. They're now soft. starting for your rumble ponies. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, the New Orleans baby cakes, dude. Come on, <laughs> love it. I knew you. I knew you were gonna pick that. <laughs> it's so strange, super weird. It's the Marlins affiliate. Triple A. Um, they are. <laughs> the logo is cool. It's like an it angry really baby cool. with a crown. And they've so. got all their like Mardi Gras colors on there, which I'm a big fan yeah. of. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. If any city can pull that off, it's New Orleans. Um, but. A little little interesting fact I found out about their whole Baby Cakes rebrand, which was actually took place, I'm sure you remember, it was pretty recent, 2017. Um, a unique promotion that they had to kind of promote the new name. Any child born, and this was back in 2017, any child born in the state of Louisiana during 2017 was eligible for a lifetime pass to Baby Cake Games and would be entered into a raffle where the winner would receive a full four-year tuition to a state college in Louisiana upon their 18th birthday in 2035. How wild wow. is that? Wow. That no is, point in leaving. That is a promotion. But. No, no point. I'm but. Just stick around. But. Well, there will be no need because the team plans to move to Wichita, Kansas as early as 2020. Oh, no. 2020. <laughs> so that lifetime pass for those babies There'll be about three. They're going to be the Wichita baby cakes? I don't know if they're going to stick with the baby cakes, but the mm. the babies will no longer have a lifetime pass to the New Orleans baby cakes games. That's all I know. I'm still following up on the tuition thing, though. Oh, no doubt. I'm I'm kicking down doors if there's any technical fallout yeah. to that. I'm, if you don't give me my tuition, I'm <laughs> I'm burning something down. Uh, let's, uh, run through our worst names real quick. What do you got for your, your worst? Sorry to do it to you, buddy. The Nashville sounds. <laughs> wow. I, I had a feeling when I said Nashville sounds and I didn't hear any response from you on your end, I was like, uh, I'm thinking he went with worst. Interesting. Uh, it's almost as bad as like the Utah jazz. Like, what are we doing? That's, that's no good. No bueno. The sounds. That's it. You couldn't get any more creative than that. Well, what do you want them to call it? Like the Nashville guitars? Like, I mean, the sound much is... Better. Like, ab- much better. Absolutely not. You're you're on drugs right now, sir. <laughs> not No, the Nashville guitars is not better. That does not roll off the tongue whatsoever. Anyway, a little note about my worst picks for worst minor league team names. I kind of picked on the single-A teams a little bit. I feel bad. I don't know why it happened that way, that they're all single-A teams, but that's how it happened. Um, my first pick, the West Virginia Power. Single-A affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. Like, yeah. what? Um, like, what's the story behind? Like, I don't understand. Is there any, any reason that you went with Power? Like, I feel bad for picking on these little small dinky single A teams, but I mean, come on, you gotta you gotta well, try a little better than that. 
we'll we'll give our we'll give our, our our listeners a little background. So, just so you guys know, anyone that isn't from Virginia, you don't know this. Our listeners who are from Virginia, you already know this. Growing up in Virginia, if anyone outside of our state mistakens us for being a West Virginian, we hate it. it it's, a, it's great offense to that. <laughs> we hate it. And it is the, it's like the worst thing you can say to us. Virginia so and West Virginia you, couldn't be any more different. <laughs> it is nowhere near the same type of people. West Virginia is gross. So I'm okay with you picking on them. And uh, I apologize for any West Virginia listeners. Yeah, we love you guys. You, we just don't like, I apologize just don't, that you had to like grow up there. <laughs> uh, all right. My next one is the Mahoning Valley Scrapers. I didn't what? even see that one. What? Yeah, what is a valley scraper? And their logo is a dog. So, like, I'm super lost. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. It's the affiliate for the Indians. It's whack. They need to change that ASAP. It's like we're the Lehigh water cows and we have a <laughs> we have a stack of pancakes as our mascot <laughs> what's a valley scraper i i don't know apparently it's a dog oh, of oh. some sort i like, that sounds like one of those ones that has a little backstory that only those people know about like in that yeah, in that city be. or town or whatever gotta be but um my second pick and for no particular reason other than the fact it just doesn't really do it for me, single A affiliate of the Mets, the Columbia Fireflies. Like you're talking about, you're talking about unintimidating freaking team names, the Fireflies. Like (laughs) what? I I don't know what to do with that. It just, it doesn't do anything for me. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of intimidating, my next one is the Canapolis Intimidators. <laughs> oh, I did see that one. That was oh, that was an interesting come on. Now you're just trying too hard. You're trying too hard. The Intimidators. What's their terrible. mascot? Well, I don't know. It Dale, doesn't matter. Dale Maybe Earnhardt? it's Terminator. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Dale. But that's a that's a White Sox affiliate, and typical for the White Sox. They're just their their bark is much louder than their bite. Well. To close us out here, uh, I hate to do it to my organization, but I just have to. Um. <laughs> the single-A affiliate of your 2018 World Series champions, the Greenville Drive. <laughs> I crossed them off my list because I didn't want to be mean. The Drive? <laughs> I didn't even know, like, like... Like, what is your thought process and name it? So, okay. So I had that question. I was like, what were they thinking? So naturally, as I did with most of these teams that I I had on my list, I did a little background search. Uh, They apparently named the team The Drive due to the the heavy presence of BMW manufacturing in the area. Uh, Nope. Sorry. We only support American-made cars here, sir. Get your German Nazi business out of here. We don't do that. I mean, if it was a okay, if it was like a a Ford or a Jeep plant in Greenville, I'm all for it. But you're gonna name it 
to drive because of a heavy BMW <laughs> presence? No, get that mess out of here. Uh, that's hilarious. I drive a BMW. Well, <laughs> I do. I hate that thing. <laughs> well, it's the worst. And you're right, it is heavy because it's a gas guzzler. In fact, if any of my listeners want to help me out, I'm trying to leave my keys in my car so someone will steal it. I hate that thing. So I'm with you. You know what I'll do is I'll let you take over the Snapchat and you can turn on the little like geo map thing <laughs> and people can just like follow you wherever you go and they can just meet you at a parking lot. You can go inside intentionally and hang out for a while and somebody will scoop it for you. Anybody want a free BMW? It's all yours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of the drive, you know what? I'm never going to go to one of their games and I'm never going to purchase tickets to their games. But Nate, if I did for whatever reason, work up the courage and work up the interest to go to one of their games. Do you know how I would do that? Seat geek. How's that? That was I, better. I don't know how to respond. Cause usually you say geek seat or geek seeker something seat geek it's the answer to all your ticket needs are you looking for tickets do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out with seat geek with seat geek you can find tickets to games concerts shows and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks we're making it even better for you if you're a first time user of seat geek Next time you add some <laughs> tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout. Would you stop? I'm trying to read the ad for the people. <laughs> use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do. Save some of this ad read is so long. That's all you got to do. Gold hard save. cash. <laughs> you should have a commercial. All right, I need to finish this, Nate. It's late. I need to go to bed. We're over an hour. I need to wrap this up. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. Well, Nate, I told you we weren't going to have a short show. (laughs) And sure enough, we're at an hour, just over an hour. You're welcome, everyone. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, I'm not hungry. I'm going to sit here until you provide some like thoughtful insight or something to the people to leave with the people. Like, I don't thoughtful insight. I don't want to be left with your hunger status. Hmm. Thoughtful insight. Although I, I just I see this heading that direction. I just see that that's going to evolve into your official sign off. So, I maybe I just need to accept the fact that that's what it's going to be from now on. So, someday we're going to be big enough, and I'm just going to have it on a shirt. It just says "I'm hungry." The three I'll take. Simple as that. Well, that's un- it. Until I'm then, out on that. until then, sir. Any any closing thoughts? Any any hot takes on the 2019 season? Hot cakes? Nope, not baby cakes. Any hot takes? <laughs> no, I got nothing. What do you got? I feel like you're alluding to something. I'm not. I ask you this every time. If I'm alluding to anything, it, I'm alluding to the end of the show. Mm. 
Uh, I'm excited to, to see the new Lion King movie. All right. See, now that's something. We can work with that. Is that better? I mean, it's it's not great, but it's better. What? That looks fire. Are you um, serious? Did you see that preview? No, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the fact that you actually came up with something. But anyway, no closing thoughts for me, except go Sox, 2019 World Series champs. Go Yanks. Dude, I can't wait for the Silver Slugger and Gold Glove Award Ceremony next year. Like, can you imagine what it's going to be like having the first time in history to have an entire team take up both awards? Like... How wild is that going to be? Like JBJ getting his second consecutive gold glove. Mookie Betts getting another gold glove. We're over an hour, Kyle. We're over an hour. Anyway. 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 Sorry, I'm just just getting distracted a little bit. Go Yankees! Go Yankees! Win! Don't hate on John Sterling. That guy's the man. My man does that call with his hand down his pants. I don't know what he's doing when he does that, but I'd I'd rather not know. I'm cool with it. John Sterling runs his show. I'm just glad we stole the song of New York. That's our song now. We own New York. Negative. Thank you, Aaron Judge. Let's get out of here, man. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week to talk more about the greatest game in the history of the galaxy. In the meantime... Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? The old Hawaii Five O. All right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna contribute to this uh, number five thing for once. I'm gonna say full on SWAT team, Grand Theft Auto, helicopters and all, five <laughs> five stars. <laughs> Quite literally, five stars. I like it. That might be the best one of all, and this isn't even my thing. How does that make nothing you feel? Beats, nothing beats Mambo number five. That's true. That's 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 pretty good. It's uh, Mambo number five. You gotta stop with the voices. Also, we should play that song. Also, be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Like right now, just literally right now. Shoot them a text. We'll even give you time. Right now, like. Send them a text and be like, yo, look at the 3 Take podcast. Just do it, like right now. Seriously, we'll wait. Your word of mouth helps us greatly, and we would appreciate your efforts of getting us out there. And lastly, be sure to check out the shop. As I've said on here before, every episode for the last, like, five episodes, we've got shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, phone cases, decals, and more. So visit shop.dtdbaseball.com, pick up some merch, and rep the brand. We love y'all, and as always, Manny Machado's a bum. We're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until then, stay filthy. What the f- are you to take? You take! Don't tell me you don't see it! You f- look! You understand?